0: Today we will conclude our Lent sermon series, What is the Purpose of North Street Church? I will hopefully clarify what our purpose is, arguing the church has five pillars of function, five tasks or five strategies to loving God, loving others and making disciples. In part one, we addressed the first reason North Street Church exists, to worship together. And we asked the question, why should we meet to worship? We were reminded that when we meet to worship God together, Jesus promises to meet us. In part two, we addressed the second reason that North Street Church exists, to minister together. And we asked the question, why should we minister to others? And we were reminded that when we minister together, we make the healing love of Jesus known. In part three, we address the third reason that North Street Church exists, to evangelize together. And we ask the question, why should we evangelize to others? And again, we were reminded that we have a story to tell. We have good news to share. And when we evangelize together, we are witnesses of God's love at work in our lives. And last week, part four, we addressed the fourth reason that North Street Church exists, to fellowship together. And we asked the question, why should we fellowship with each other? We were reminded that we need each other, we need each other, and we're a gift to each other, and our fellowship is actually essential for our survival and growth Today, we'll conclude our series with the fifth reason North Street Church exists. And it's this, spoiler alert, to be disciples together, to be disciples together. And we will ask the question, why is discipleship important? Through discipleship, we learn and grow and become more like Jesus. Now, I have to confess uh, with this sermon and with all the other ones we're barely scratching the surface we're barely scratching the surface but we're we're hopefully just getting that inspiration that we need to drive forward into the life that God is calling us to okay that's my disclaimer so uh, the church at Colossae the church at Colossae today we're thinking about the apostle Paul's words in his letter to the church at Colossae which, if you don't know, is in modern-day Turkey. Epaphras was the leader of the church plant at Colossae and the one who probably uh, solicited Paul for help and guidance because the church was under threat from a false teaching, uh, a dangerous teaching. At this time, Paul was imprisoned in Rome, and he wrote to the Colossian church in response against this teaching, which was a syncretism of ideas, a fusion of Greek philosophy, Jewish legalism, mysticism, and angel worship. Quite a blend there, isn't it? A form of Gnosticism. It's a form of Gnosticism that Paul was responding to. Uh, And Paul wrote to the church to encourage the believers at Colossae to grow towards spiritual maturity in Jesus battling sin, pursuing holiness, and learning to live as Jesus' people. So Christology, Christology is a major theme of Paul's letter, particularly the preeminence of Jesus and Jesus as the redeemer of creation. He describes Jesus as the visible form of the invisible God, the head of all creation, Jesus is the head of all creation and reveals that in him and through him, all things were created and all things are sustained. And through his blood on the cross, he, was, he has made peace with everything. He has made peace with you and me through the blood of Jesus on the cross. If Paul had stopped ministering to the Gentiles, perhaps he could have spared himself a huge amount of suffering. Here he was imprisoned for preaching to the Gentile people, the people who were not Jewish. But he could not abandon his calling for the sake of personal safety. As an apostle, as a disciple of Jesus, he knew he'd been called to minister to the Gentile people and to make disciples of them, even if that came at great personal cost. For me, this is inspirational. How far are we willing to go in order that one other person may meet with Jesus and become his disciple? Paul was willing to go all the way. He was willing to go all the way. So our question, is discipleship important? I believe that discipleship is fundamentally connected to our foundational scriptures at North Street Church, which are the great commandment and the great commission And we have previously discussed the word worship describes loving God. The word word, uh, ministry uh, describes loving others. The word evangelism describes making disciples and the word fellowship describes being a family of God's people. Loving the Lord and loving others requires our obedience and our obedience is an expression of our love Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey his commands. And Jesus shows us that the word discipleship, it means to learn, to grow and to mature for the purpose of becoming more and more like him. Jesus wants us to be like him. Just as he called the original 12 to greater levels of commitment and greater levels of spiritual maturity, Jesus is calling us to do the same. Discipleship is also the process of helping other people become more like Christ in their thoughts, feelings, and actions. Jesus understood the importance of discipleship And he asks his people, you and I, to go and make disciples. And we teach each other about Jesus, and Jesus teaches us about who he is in that process. So there are two prominent verses in our passage that I want to highlight to us this morning. Two that stood out for me. The first is that Jesus Christ lives in you and in me. Jesus, the Messiah, the King, lives by his Spirit in each one of us. Jesus gives us his life. And so being a disciple means receiving the Spirit of Christ and allowing him to heal us, allowing him to help us and equip us for all that life has. The second And the one that I'll focus on for today is that the goal of discipleship is to grow into spiritual maturity. As disciples of Jesus in this life, we are being used to make a significant difference in our families, with our friends, at work, in our communities. We've been called to make a difference, haven't we? Yeah. Oh. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a prayer warrior who we see striving on behalf of the saints. In our passage today, Paul expressed his desire that all disciples of Jesus become spiritually mature in Christ. We know that discipleship is important because Jesus has called us to grow and to help others grow, to be more loving, more compassionate, to be kind, to be understanding, to be respectful of others, and to authentically operate in the love and likeness of Jesus himself. We are called to operate in the love and the likeness of Jesus himself. So in Paul's writings, throughout the epistles, he often used athletic terms, and he used the word striving, which conveys the strenuous effort exerted by a runner to win the race. Our English word for agony, agony, is connected to the Greek word Paul used to express striving. Being a disciple is to strive, fight, agonize in the arena of life. As a representative of Jesus, we are called to strive in his name, to make the world better in his name, to bring people to him because we love them and we want them to be healed and set free. I'll be honest with you, it's not a popular message to preach about discipleship being synonymous with suffering. But we see this throughout scripture. Paul had been the powerful preacher sharing the gospel, but now Paul the prisoner was suffering for the gospel. I'm sure we've all realized by now that as disciples of Jesus, we are not exempt from the path of suffering. And for many of us, we have sensed God call us into it. In his epistle to the Roman church, Paul said this We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That's a promise. When we go through hard times on this journey of discipleship, Jesus promises to continually fill our hearts with his love to help us to endure, to help us to strive. So, what's a disciple? What is a disciple? The term disciple was a popular name for the early believers that Jesus used to describe his close followers and friends. The word apprentice is a term that would be a modern-day equivalent to the word disciple. Disciples followed their teacher as his apprentices helps us understand the word, I I hope. Historically, and particularly in Israel, a disciple would attach himself to his teacher. He identified with him, learned from him, and lived as closely beside him as possible. The purpose of the disciple was to listen and to practice all he had been taught. Jesus replicated this model. When he called the 12 disciples, and taught them in order that they could do the same, go and teach others about him. What does this mean to be a disciple? What does it mean for us? Firstly, a disciple is a person who believes in Jesus and has expressed their allegiance to him. Strong word, allegiance. And this allegiance is expressed to him publicly by baptism and by sharing our testimony with others in our community. Secondly, being a disciple means being devoted to the word of God, learning about Jesus through the scriptures and allowing the scriptures to guide us and transform us because they have that power. They have that power. Thirdly, being a disciple means being devoted to the fellowship of God's family, of Jesus' people. We looked at that last week. We're a family of God's people, and we're called to be devoted to each other. Fourthly, being a disciple is being taught the truths of the faith through the context of fellowship. Through our family, we learn more about biblical truth. And in the context of fellowship, Worship, ministry, prayer, and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. We learn more and more what it means to be a disciple. We are lifelong learners. A disciple desires to win others for Jesus, teaching them about him, and inviting them into that discipleship process, inviting them into God's family. I want to think now about the historic church model for discipleship. In the church model, particularly in some of the more prominent denominations of our time, there has been a historical moving away from the discipleship process that was described in Acts chapter 2, which was our first passage on worship a departure from a pattern of discipleship where disciples authentically produced more disciples. That model brought huge success in the early church. And by success, I mean people coming to faith in Christ and lives being transformed in his name. In most churches, I'm going to put my Neck on the line here. In most churches, the minister or pastor is paid to shepherd, to pioneer, to preach and teach, and to fight against social injustice. In some churches, the minister has been expected to exercise all of these ministries outlined in Paul's epistle to the Ephesian church, Ephesians 4. It's either been the minister or a small number of specific individuals who are largely expected to preach the gospel and win the lost and help those who have come to Jesus to grow in their faith. The emphasis has been on the church leadership or the select few to make disciples. If you disagree with me, please tell me. Potentially there are church congregations that are content to function as cheerleaders spurring on their leadership or the select few. Or maybe some have been satisfied to just operate as spectators of the discipleship process within their churches. But I think God is saying to us that we are all, all of us are called to make disciples for Jesus as best we can. God has called all of us to do that. However, we can, and we don't want disciples. Um, we don't want the um, the disciples we make to join us and then become spectators of the process of discipleship. How much faster would our churches grow, and how much stronger and fulfilled would our churches be if? All of our people realized they had been called to disciple at least one other person. God is calling all of us to make disciples. And I know that's challenging for some of us. I'll leave that with you now. And I want to move on to think about what does discipleship require? What does it require? So, as disciples... Growing towards spiritual maturity is intentional. It requires commitment and effort to grow. We become what we are committed to. Prioritize your time with God. Growing towards spiritual maturity is intimate. It requires devotion to our devotional times. And spending time in the Bible helps us to connect with God's calling on our lives and discover who God has called us to be. Character is shaped by the habits we form. Growing towards spiritual maturity is a process. It requires time. God uses the gradual process of change to develop us into the image of Jesus. God has not finished with us, and he continually is shaping us like an artist working on a masterpiece. We are all masterpieces in work. Trust God's process. Growing towards spiritual maturity is fruitfulness. It requires our conduct and character to be entirely conformed to the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Maturity is demonstrated by our behavior, by how we treat others. Our deeds must be consistent with our creeds. I nick that from Rick Warren. Growing towards spiritual maturity is accountable It requires trusting someone who we can learn from. We are of course entirely accountable accountable to God, entirely accountable to Him. But we must be willing to be accountable to a chosen brother or sister on our journey of faith as a disciple. Accept God's help on the journey. Growing towards spiritual maturity is relational. It requires fellowship. As disciples, relationships are essential to our formation and growth. I would not be here today, as I told you last time, if it were not for relationships, Christian relationships with others who who wanted to disciple me and bring me to maturity in the faith. God intends for us to grow up in our church family. So, therefore, I encourage you fully, fully participate in God's family. It will bless you on your journey. And finally, and finally, growing towards spiritual maturity requires experience. Spiritual growth occurs by participating in all five of the church processes and purposes that we've been discussing. A heart that worships God. A heart that wants to build loving relationships. A heart that seeks to serve others. A heart that wants to share the faith with the hurting and the lost. And a heart that wants to follow Jesus passionately, fervently and completely. Amen. I'm not letting myself off the hook with this message because I know deep within my heart that I've been called to make disciples. But I also know that so have you. So have you. And my role is to do that and so is yours. But I believe I've been called at North Street Church to help you Fulfill God's calling on your life. And part of that calling is to make disciples. And I'm here to help you fulfill that calling in your life. As we follow Jesus together, and as he leads us, and as we obey his word, I believe we will see his purposes fulfilled at North Street Church. Do you believe that? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. I can see that. I believe it. God is gonna do it. He's gonna fulfill his purposes through us here as a family. And I'm excited by that. Are you? Yeah. So we must continue to be faithful in our discipleship and help others feel closer to Jesus in their journey and help them to know his love as we disciple them. Discipling simply means to teach one another about Jesus, which is why it is not only important, but it is our calling. I'll conclude now. So what is the fifth purpose of North Street Church? to be disciples together and make disciples together because Jesus' love saves and transforms lives. He saved my life from death and he is transforming my life today. Now, I've shared some of my story with you, but not all of it. When I was a young man, there were times where I felt a deep sense of pain And there were times when I didn't know if I could go on. Jesus rescued me. And he wants us to help rescue other people. So why is discipleship important? Because Jesus lives in us by his spirit. And through discipleship we learn, we grow, we become more loving. We become more compassionate we become more kind and we become more like him, our Lord and Saviour. And through the discipleship process, we are able to help others to become like Jesus, loving, kind and compassionate people who follow him. Amen. Amen. I'll lead us in a prayer. Loving Father, Help us at North Street Church to be true worshippers who love you because we have experienced your love. Help us to minister in the power of your love and communicate your message of love as we invest in building a family together of your people. Help us today to refresh our commitment to follow you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.